Thank you. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for the great love you have for us. A love that is so different from the love that is in the world often. A love where you constantly are in our presence and want us to know that we have a future with you and with each other. Pour down your Holy Spirit on us as we reflect on what it means for us to live this life of, live this life of true love. Open up our hearts, open up our minds, change who we are so we become more like you. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Living a life of true love. What do you think that means? What does it mean to live in a life of true love? Well, our opening verse begins, our reading today begins with these words. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. How do you react to that? How do you react to these words from the Bible, these opening words from our reading? We should love one another. Some of you might be going, yep, that's what it's all about. But others of us may be going, hmm, being a bit resentful. And I always remember myself as a kid, and I had two sisters. And occasionally my mum would say, you just have to love them because they're sisters. Do you think that encouraged me to love them more? Sometimes I had that resentment. You see, the problem is, is we have this view of love that often comes from a worldly position. We, when it comes to love, we may love because it feels good and comfortable. You know, you might see someone you like and you, you love them. You know, Brooke, my daughter, earlier this year got a cat, a little kitten, and she loved that kitten. Probably more than that cat wanted to be loved at times, but she loved that kitten. It was a good feeling for her and it was comfortable. Or perhaps we might love out of obligation. There are some people who go through the Christian life who simply love because they know the Bible tells them to do it but they don't really want to love and their face and their attitude shows it. They might go, I love you. Stella, imagine if Wes come home and said that like that to you. <laughs> shocked he said it or shocked he said it like that? <laughs> right? Because some people will love out of obligation. Other people may think, I love provided I get something in return. Yeah. I'll keep loving and provided I get something in return. And then some people love because they see somebody who needs pity or they see, think someone deserves love. But John, when he's writing to this early Christian community, a Christian community that is affected by some division, some people who say they're Christians or say they're God followers but have actually left the community of faith or are in the community of faith and are just stirring up trouble, he says something different. He says in verse 16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Our love that we have as Christians is one that comes from God. You know, and if we think about this message of God for us, this message of God is that he loves us. When we ever walk into a church and we see a cross, we have a symbol of God's love for us, that he was prepared 
to send his one and only son into the world, just coincidentally, as John 3.16 says, to save the world and love the world and not condemn the world. And then we hear Paul when he's talking to early Christian communities frequently saying things like, whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He laid down his life for us. And as Christians, this love that God has for us doesn't just stop there. Keep this in mind. God has called us to be his disciples, people who continue on his mission of love. And so we have this command, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Our love for each other flows from the love that God has for us. Our love for each other should come out of this relationship that God has with us. And this is part of the problem of this early Christian community that John was responding to, that some people um, didn't act that way. They, they would act as if, I've got a relationship with God, I love God, but I'm, I don't care too much for anyone else. You see, for the Christian, love is not an option. You know, sometimes we can think, well, I don't love them, but I don't hate them, that's okay. But yet, if you think about it, if we don't love somebody, it's as good as hating them. John Strellan, in his commentary that he wrote on 1 John, makes this statement, is, is that it's not love, something else, and hate. It's either love or hate. And it's not because you are evil or aggressive to somebody, but because the consequences are the same. Not living in love is living in hate and living in towards death. It is not showing people that there is a life to live with God. And the consequences of that is there's death. And so there's this encouragement for us to, to embrace the love that God has for us and think about what does it mean to live a life of loving others? Well, love, as John reminds us here today, is not just nice words, but caring actions. Love is not just nice words, but caring actions. I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you, but quite a number of times in my life, in different circumstances, I've had this happen. People will say nice things to me in a nice way, and they'll be nice and pleasant. But behind my back, or sometimes even later on, they can be the complete opposite. Sometimes when we've dealt with different groups of people, different organisations, they've been nice and pleasant about it because we get trained to be pleasant but not really loving. John is reminding us here, and John's not the only one that reminds us of this, that our faith and our love, and if you go to James, something similar is said about faith, it's about action. It's about helping people that we see in need. And if we think of one of the parables... Or in fact, two of the parables that are quite significant, Great Samaritan and the Prodigal Son, both of those are signs of love, of going out of your way to love people in a practical way. And so Christian love is not just about saying nice things, not just about saying to somebody, God loves you, and then treat them poorly. And it's not just saying, I love you, and then just leave it at that. It's 
looking at how you can, we can help each other in this life that we live. And for the Christian, love is not optional because the consequence of true belief in Jesus leads us to loving others. So what First John is talking about here is he talks about this in verses 23 that if we, if we truly have belief in God, the natural outflow of that is to, to live a life of loving others. Following Jesus' greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength and love others as much as you love yourself. But there's a problem, isn't there? So what about those times when love is difficult? What about those times when you encounter people who don't treat you in a loving way themselves? Or they're just plain difficult people? What about those times when things are tough and you don't feel like loving? Or when society says... Oh, we don't have to worry about love. We've just got to worry about this, making money or following the law. We experienced a bit of this during COVID where um, the government imposed a fair bit on us as a church. And we, as a district, we worked through this with some congregations. We said, we can either just follow the law, but we all, and we have to in certain circumstances, or we could do it in a loving way, not just in a, such a rigid way. And so encourage congregations to think about what did it mean to respond to the law in a loving way. But what about the difficult people in your life? Because this is what John is really talking. He said, be practical, love the people in your life. Love the people who are part of your church. Well, it reminds me of a story that I've heard about a young boy who was fostered um, and he's birth family were quite a difficult, dysfunctional family and, and quite, there was probably, you would say, a lack of love without going too deeply into the story. There was a lot of problems and that's why he was being fostered. And his foster family um, embraced their concept of foster family and they were Christian and they said that their focus in fostering children was to love people, is to love people that they bring in their family. And that sounds all nice until life gets real and the child was playing up and quite aggressive and nasty and damaged things at times. The parents, they said they weren't perfect, but they persisted in trying to aim to love. They would be gentle, they would sit quietly with the child in those difficult circumstances. Now this foster child was very fortunate. He got to stay with the, this family Um, until he graduated from high school. And his foster dad said to him on the graduation, I'm very proud of you. And the son's response, I've got to thank you and and mum a lot for the love you showed me. That love has got me through life. And so it's a message for us to think about how we go about loving is that we base our love not on other people's actions, but on God's actions. You know, we hear in the news occasionally things like road rage. What's road rage as a result of? People not loving others on the road, but thinking of themselves. When we make life difficult for others, often that's about thinking of ourselves and not helping others. 
sounds good in theory, but what do we do when this life is tough, when it's tough to love others? Well, John again points us back to Jesus. If we listen to verses 19 to 21 again, this is what he says. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. The encouragement for us is if we are having difficulty in loving others, is to come back in the presence of God and to to be reminded of the love that God has for us and to look at God's nature, God's culture, if you want to call it, this loving, graceful culture, how he approaches life. He has to spend time dwelling with God. And this is one of the reasons um, we encourage a daily Bible reading. It's one of the reasons we encourage regular worship and prayer time. It's just to spend time with God. Not focused on what you have to do, but what God, who God is. Ask the question as you read, what is this saying about God? As you come to worship, what is God saying to you, especially about himself? Encourage you to reflect on the creeds of what are they saying about God? As you read the stories of Jesus and read the stories of God interacting the world, how is God going about loving? What is that revealing? Because as we dwell in God's presence, his culture rubs off on us. His, his way of life rubs up on us. When I was at uni, there was three or four of us used to hang around quite regularly. Um, I was very fortunate in one sense that I lived on a residence and there was 12 of us that lived in the residence. Um, downstairs males, upstairs females. Um, and we mixed quite a bit. Um, and one of the females said to me, Richard, I don't think it's a good idea to always mix with those people, right? Because you're rubbing off on each other and not always in a good way. Well, the beauty about us spending time with God regularly is he rubs off on us in a good way and we get to see his loving culture. We get to be reminded that God has this unconditional love, a love where he loves us not because we deserve it, but because we need it. A love that God gives us, not because he thinks, oh, we're going to be of value to him, but because he loves us and wants to give us eternal life. A love not because we're attractive or come from the right family, but a love because he wants us to be part of his family. And a love not because we've got it all together or we think we know it, a lot of it, but it's a love that, as Paul shares with the church, even whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so the encouragement for us is when we're finding it difficult to love, and this is something that I frequently have to find myself doing, is going back and reflecting on the stories of Jesus. Going back and spending time listening to who God is and what he's on about. To allow God's culture of grace and love to affect you. Can I encourage you this week is to do that, is to allow the culture and grace of God to affect you. Be drawn to living in God's loving presence regularly. 
keep in mind that this love is greater than anything else that we have. It's a love that gives us a gift of eternal life. Because as we heard before, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Remember, our love has a purpose. It's not about just being nice to people. Hopefully we are nice. It's not about just helping somebody in need, but it has a purpose, a bigger purpose, a more eternal purpose. Our purpose in loving people is to reflect God to them, reflect the love that God has for us. Help people to discover. Some years ago, in a um, congregation I was part of before I even went to seminary, a gentleman said, this aspect of life changed the way he approached dealing with his family. He said he would go out of his way to, to care for and love his family. But then he realised he was missing something. He wasn't sharing with them that God loved them. And the issue for him was some of them were not connecting with the church at all. Some of them kind of pushed the church aside. And so when he would do things, he would say, oh, just remember God loves you also. And he keep reminding that God is behind the love that he has. Because our love that we have as Christians is not about earning our way to heaven, but about reflecting the one who truly loves us. So what does this mean for us as we live the faith? What does it mean for us in being God's disciples who are left with, left with this loving mission that he's given us? First of all, I encourage you to daily engage with God and his love. Read the stories of Jesus. Read the, the, even some of the Old Testament stories of love. Have a look at Hosea, which is a difficult book at times, but it kind of gives you a picture of God's love. But listen to what, how God loves people and why he loves people. And then allow the love God has for you and all people to shape how you see yourself and live with others. That passage that we heard earlier about being in the presence of God, sometimes when we are in the presence of God, we can feel really guilty. We haven't lived up to God's expectations. But the reminder there also is that God is still loving us. God forgives us when we don't live up to his expectations. He's not going to push us aside and say, no, you're not good enough. He'll continue to love us. And so allow the love God has for you and all people to shape how you see yourself. As we mentioned last week, we're a loved child of God. And to shape how you live with others. Thirdly, look for ways to love others in words and actions. And this is about being observant, it's about listening, it's about being people who um, consider what the needs of others are. Now, sometimes people can intend to be loving, but they don't come across as too loving. Now, I, I recall one time visiting somebody um, in, the, in their house, and this was their comment. She goes, I've cooked your lunch. Take it or leave it. And it was a bit salty, and I kind of didn't eat the mashed potatoes because it was a bit too salty. Um, they weren't happy, right? 
But the issue is, there was an issue why I wasn't eating the salty potatoes. Um, but it, it also is about thinking about the people you meet. Who are the people you meet in need? Now, how they may ask to be loved may not necessarily be how you love them all the time. But don't use your suspicion of somebody as an excuse not to love. And in a classic in Sydney, and particularly if you live in the city of Sydney, if you walk around Sydney enough, you'll see many beggars on the streets. It was the biggest shock when I first moved to Sydney was the number of beggars. And I kind of one day I kind of counted it up when I went for a walk. If I gave each one a dollar, I would have spent twenty dollars that day. And is that the best way to love them? I don't know. I don't know if they're all genuine or not. You know, I have some people come to the door asking for money, and I help them out occasionally. But I've also discovered it's not the money, it's often the conversation they want. Now, one gentleman who struggled with this um, suggested, when you feel moved to help them out, help them out. When you feel moved, as in give a little bit of money, but if you don't feel moved, you think there's something not right going on, guide them to where they can truly get help. Because in Sydney, we have a number of organisations, quite a number of organisations, that can help the homeless with food, at least. Shelter's another thing, but food... So look for ways to practically love others. Be aware that not everybody wants to be loved the way you want to be loved either. When I do pre-marriage counselling, I often recommend a book, The Love Languages, The Five Love Languages. The reason I recommend it is it encourages couples to think about um, just because they like to be loved one way doesn't mean their partner necessarily likes to be loved one way. Now, for some people, gifts are important. You know, that's the number one way they feel love. For other people, it's acts of service. And so, can I encourage you as a a Christian, as a person who God has loved greatly, to think, what does it mean to love other people in my life that I interact with? What does it mean to love each other as church? What does it mean to love the people I work with, the people live in my house, the people I walk down the street? And then love with a purpose. Love with a purpose so others meet Jesus through you. Love so people get a sense of this unconditional love that God has, this forgiving love that God has, this considerate love that God has. Because we have received this wonderful gift, this gift of love that we've received through Jesus' death and resurrection that gives us eternal life. But it's not meant to stop there. We've also been invited to be part of his discipleship church, a church that shares this love with as many people that we meet as we can, in both word and action. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the love you have for us. Pour down your Holy Spirit on us and Help us to see what it means to love in a way that reflects you in this world. When we find it difficult to love, remind us that you are still loving us and you are always with us. Forgive us for those times when we struggle to love. And help us, help us to love, particularly during those difficult times. And gracious Lord, we pray for your Holy Spirit to be with the people we meet that they may meet Jesus and his love through us. 
In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.